Jesus cried out with a loud voice, It is finished. And Jesus said, Come. We turn toward the road of light that leads upward. We turn away from our sins. We turn away from our guilt. We turn to the atoning sacrifice. The death of Christ paid it all. After David was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he called together all the people, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born in Bethlehem in Judea. They replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you have found him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were exceedingly overjoyed. When coming into the house, the Magi saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented with him gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. The title of this message from these 12 verses in Matthew is Responses to Christ the King. Matthew's Gospel paints the portrait of Jesus Christ as King. You find this in chapter 1 when Matthew records the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Matthew dates him back to the time of King David, the royal blood line of Christ. It says, In the beginning, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Normally, as you know, Abraham would precede David, the son of Abraham, the son of David. But Matthew reverses them and puts the son of David first to show the royal ancestry of Jesus Christ. He is to be king over the house of Israel, said God to David, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. This was God's promise to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Now we are looking at the king, responses to Christ the king, from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Everyone makes a response to the gospel of Christ the king. Our focus in this message is to show the three responses that people make to Christ the King. Number one, 
The first response is some people ignore Christ the King. Some people ignore Christ the King like the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. That's found in verses 4 through 6. They were responded to Herod asking them, Where is your king to be born? And then they read the prophecy of Micah. Micah the prophet in the Old Testament foretold the birth of Israel's Messiah King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Every Jew knew this prophecy in Micah. Every Jew knew where their king was to be born. The prophecy in Micah says, But thou Bethlehem, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Notice that also Micah records the prophecy, another great fact. He says, The divine ruler and Messiah king will shepherd my people Israel. We cannot lay aside the shepherd kind of person. A shepherd is willing to die for people like a shepherd would die for his sheep. The Old Testament prescribed that a shepherd would die if he had to, to save the flock. This is one of the reasons for the birth of Jesus Christ. He came to die to save all people from their sins. And the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53. This is why Jesus died on the cross. Our sins deserve death, and Jesus Christ paid the penalty of our sins. He took the punishment and satisfied God's justice. So now we look at these leaders again in Jerusalem and ask the question, why do these leaders ignore Jesus? What's the big question? What's the big concern? These Jewish leaders think about themselves only. They and all Jerusalem have stirred with the coming of the Magi. And they know that King Herod is a wicked king, They fear for their lives, lest Herod should become angry. So these people said, another king is born. He's our king, said the Jews in Jerusalem. He's the true king, Herod's not. But they said, if Herod becomes angry, our lives will be endangered. So they put themselves first. The price was too high for them to go and see their own true king. Now they ignore Jesus. They turn away from heaven's door of opportunity. They close their eyes. Now many people today follow the footsteps of those who ignore the king. They too turn away from the message. Either sin rules in a person's life or Jesus Christ rules in victory over sin. Look at it this way. People ignore the truth that they're spiritual as well as physical beings. They have an eternal soul within their body that shall spend eternity in its own sins or in the forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. So they ignore their souls. Tell us something else, they say. But don't get serious about 
spiritual matters, why should we get serious? When should we get serious? If a person is stricken down with cancer, should that person be serious? Yet worse than cancer is the fact that people without Jesus Christ are dead in their sins. The Bible says, the wages of sin is death. It declares, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And also the fact that there is none righteous, no, not one. These facts cannot be ignored. They meet everyone at the end of life's road. So please don't ignore Jesus Christ who died for your sins. He paid our penalty, and the true king is spiritual life. The Bible says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Let me read the Bible's warning again. How shall we escape if we ignore so great salvation? The question is rhetorical. The answer means we shall not escape if we ignore so great salvation. The second type of people that oppose Christ are the King Herod. So the second kind of response is some people oppose Christ. Some people today oppose Christ, like King Herod. The wise men had left, and God appeared to Joseph in a dream, warning Joseph to flee into Egypt because Herod was going to kill and destroy Jesus Christ. So these people today still oppose Christ as king. They will not have nothing to do with divine truth. They turn their backs on the glory of salvation. And so King Herod did the same. Jesus Christ is a threat to Herod's kind and style of living like he's a threat to many people's style of living today. Herod loves political power. He uses Roman military might to crush any opposition against his rule. Now, King Herod is not really the king of the Jews. Even though he reigned under Tiberius Caesar in Jerusalem. You see, he was not born of Jacob. He did not come into the royal line of David. Herod was born of Esau. King Herod was an idiomite, and the Jews despised him. Added to his wickedness was the fact that he was false. But we see Jesus Christ is still a great leader. Here we know that Jesus never had an army like Herod did. Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. It is his kingly rule in the hearts of people. Don't forget that fact. Jesus' kingdom brings spiritual blessings, not physical harm. Here is what Napoleon said. Alexander, going back to the Greeks, Caesar of the Romans, Charlemagne, and myself have focused and founded great empires. We founded them upon military might. And he continues, Napoleon does. But Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love. And to this very day, millions would die for him. Napoleon concludes with these words, 
Jesus Christ is more than a man. More than a man, Jesus Christ surely is. But rulers like Napoleon and others use war and harm to conquer people. King Herod stands like these rulers. So the question is, was Jesus really a threat to King Herod? The answer could be yes and no. Yes, if Herod persisted in his sinful living and opposed Jesus, who would someday be Herod's judge. No, he would be no threat to Herod. If Herod threw away his pride and selfish ambition and wouldn't feel that Jesus interferes with his sinful life, these are the facts that show in history that Herod opposed King Jesus to the day he died in 4 B.C. The application that people today still exist who oppose Jesus Christ as king of their lives. Some people like Herod on Jesus say they, he interferes. Some people like Herod say Jesus interferes with their sinful lifestyle. These people resist the love of Christ, his claims upon their lives. They say in their hearts they would want to be their own master. We are the master of our own lives. They want to walk in the ways of adultery, lying, and other moral corruption. Yet the truth is that every person serves just one master or king. Do we understand this? Jesus says, Everyone who sins is a slave of sin, in John chapter 4. This tells us that a sinner is not the king of his own life, but sin is his master. He is a slave of sin. Sin controls his life. So the sinner is not really free as his own master. What a shame to be a slave of sin. But those who serve King Jesus are slaves of love and righteousness. Jesus' rule in their lives gives them more freedom over sin's awful power. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now we move to the climax of Jesus Christ as King. It happens in the Magi's visit to Jerusalem. They respond to Jesus Christ as king. People like the Magi, there are some who worship Christ the king. This is the third category. Those who ignore Christ as king, those who oppose Christ as king. And thirdly here in Matthew chapter 2, we have some people who like the Magi worship Christ the king. And when they heard the star, they went on their way, and they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. The Magi's long journey, when they were in Jerusalem, before King Herod is about nearly over. They'd come from ancient Mesopotamia. The trip had been long, but the star had led them to Jerusalem and later to Bethlehem. The Magi, however, back in Jerusalem are leaving. 
they take the road to Bethlehem. The trip is only two hours. Night has fallen as a camel caravan moves forward. Suddenly the star they had seen in the east appears again. It's blazing in the heavens. The Magi, greatly rejoicing, follow the star. The Magi, greatly rejoicing, follow the star. Suddenly the star stops in the sky. The star stands still over the place where King Jesus is. These men who sought the true king now find him. The star in the eastern heavens had started them on their long journey. They seek to worship the king that God points out to them. God would not lead these men to merely an earthly king. They had sought and had found the king of kings. The great climax again is in their worship. The fact must remain about the star. The Magi saw that stop over the house where the child was. When they enter, they bow down and worship King Jesus. Worship King Jesus. What a treasure it was in these lies. Don't forget this fact that the Magi are mighty and wealthy men. They might have been in the presence of the king of Babylon in ancient Mesopotamia. They are of high rank in society, but here they are kneeling in the little village of Bethlehem. But, and keep this in mind, they regard this place as better than any king's palace. They bow down to this child as the most glorious king of kings. It is not the poor circumstances. No, it is the divine person who impacts their lives. Here they bow down and worship Jesus. It's the greatest moment of their lives. Someday the Bible says that every knee shall bow, and this includes those who ignore and oppose Jesus. These wise men bow down in reverence and true worship to King Jesus. They did not bring their gifts to King Herod, but they bring them to King Jesus. The gold, the incense, and the myrrh are expensive gifts, gifts that are appropriate for a king. And the great climax of the whole scene, these men kneeling down to worship as they lay their gifts before King Jesus. The scene is awesome. Earth's almighty king is here. Worshipping Jesus the Magi or worshipping the king of kings. Jesus is the king of kings. The Bible declares the world will know it when Jesus comes back again into history. He comes this time not to be revealed only in Bethlehem, shepherds and the Magi, but to the whole world. The King of Kings will end this world's history in total victory. History will not run itself out in the sands of time. History is moving towards a grand climax when the man of sin culminates the sin of man against Jesus Christ. The man of sin in the Bible is spoken of as the Antichrist. Jesus will defeat the power of the Antichrist. This is the world's last political ruler. And Jesus will judge and rule over all nations. 
Listen to these words in Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 19. I saw heaven standing open, and there before us was a white horse, whose ruler is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He's dressed in a robe dipped with blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven follow him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword. With it he shall strike down the nations. He will rule over them like an iron scepter. On his robe and on his thigh he has his name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Here again Jesus is coming back into the world at Armageddon, found in Revelation 19. He will meet all the enemies of God, and the kingdom shall be established later in Jerusalem, as he wins the battle at Revelation chapter 19. Here again we look at the third category, then, responses to Christ the King. It is those who worship him, What does this worship personally mean to each one of us? This is the question that we have to answer. We can only worship Christ if we have a right relationship with him. We accept his rule in our lives and follow him. Then the Bible says a person becomes a new creation in Christ Jesus. We are spiritually alive. Then and only then we worship Jesus in our praise and in our prayers. We understand Jesus is the Son of the living God and King over kings. So here we reach out to Jesus, the King of kings. How will you react to Jesus? Let us worship him in his personal avenue as King and Savior. Here we can bow down our hearts and knees to worship Christ the Kings, who laid his life down to save us. None of us will be wise to ignore King Jesus. He is king and no one will change that fact. He's king of kings and he alone is worthy of our worship. To think that he would accept us, our worship, should amaze us. Who are we but creatures of dust? None of us would be wise to oppose Jesus like Herod. No one would be wise to oppose the king over all kings by ignoring him. No one would be wise except to worship him who died for our sins and we can accept him as Savior. You can just pray this prayer and you will be on the winning side. Dear God, I come in Jesus' name. I pray in my heart and through my life that you would change my way of living, that you would break the power of sin and save my soul from the guilt of my sins and take my punishment as you did at the cross. Right now I accept Christ. And the Bible says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You do the calling, God does the saving. You do the asking, God does the forgiving. Will you do it now to be on the winning side of life as you worship the King of Kings? 
Our global ministry is blessed by your response. You can expand your ministry by downloading this anointed message or others from gettinggodstruth.com. Share us on your timeline on Facebook or subscribe to our podcast 